Hey everybody, welcome back to the National Fire Radio Podcast. I am Jeremy, the host of the National Fire Radio channel. Thank you for joining us. If this is your first time listening to the podcast channel, welcome. If you've been here before, we appreciate your continued support and listening. And trust me, we do appreciate you being a part of the National Fire Radio community. This week, April 3rd, 2023 is an exciting time for us. April this year is a big month for us. And we're going to get into a few of those things as the weeks tick on this month. But right now, this week, on April 4th, Tuesday, and going forward on every Tuesday, will be a brand new podcast called The Size Up by National Fire Radio. The Size Up is hosted by our friend Robert Paparo. We call him Pip. You know him. He's the little guy with the mohawk. He's a rock star. He's a dear friend of ours, and he's bringing forth something new. So how about this? Give a listen to what The Size Up is all about. The Size Up by National Fire Radio is a lifestyle podcast hosted by Robert Pip Paparo. Pip has been involved in the emergency services for close to 30 years, and over that time, he's learned how much your lifestyle off the job can correlate directly to your ability to do the job. Episodes of The Size Up by National Fire Radio will focus on just that. Those different factors that you can control so you're prepared when the time comes that you aren't in control. Pip's guests will come from a variety of fields and have an expertise on topics not normally dove into on the National Fire Radio platform. So sit back, relax, throw in your earbuds, and ask yourself, what's my personal size up? I love it, Lily. Thank you for that. What a great intro into what the size up is all about. Launching April 4th, Pip throws it out there with his first guest on the size up, and that is moi, me. I am his first guest. It's going to be a killer discussion. We've already recorded it, and I know for a fact it's going to bring tremendous value. So I'm looking forward to the size up. That's going to be once a week, every Tuesday. The size up will be on the National Fire Radio channel. Check him out over on social media as well. The size up as well as thanks for tuning in. And the only way we can do this, the only way we can push this job forward together is if we get the partners involved. And the partners are our sponsors. So do me a favor, sit back and give a listen to some of the sponsors who allow us to do what we do. Our first sponsor of the podcast, Taylor's Tins. Taylor and his crew from Taylor's Tins have been manufacturing metal helmet fronts since 2017. With over 200,000 metal fronts in the market, they are a leader in the metal helmet front space. Their creativity, as well as customer service, sets them apart from the competition. They are manufacturing one-offs within 24 to 48 hours to ship to your door. Not only that, but head over to taylorstins.com and you'll see all the other products that they offer. Right now on their homepage, they have a whole page dedicated to vintage metal prints. It's so cool to see the original prints of the fire apparatus, fire hydrants, fire helmets, fire boots, flashlights. It's so cool. They are printed metal tins that hang on the wall that are aged and look to be from the original days of when these prints were drawn looking for copyright and trademarks. It's really cool. Taylor and his crew are super creative. They're always pushing the envelope as to what products they offer to the fire service. Check them out at www.taylorstins.com. That's again, taylorstins.com to get a hold of Taylor and his crew. And in the words of Taylor, stop burning up leather. This episode's brought to you by the 2448 Podcast. If you're a first responder with an entrepreneurial streak, check out the 2448 podcast hosted by Sam Massa, who built lighting company Hi-Viz LEDs. During his off time, he serves as a volunteer firefighter and professional EMT. Each week, we tell the stories of different first responder-owned businesses, from small startups to food trucks to companies like National Fire Radio and Fire Department Coffee. Available anywhere you listen to podcasts, go to the2448.com for more information. That's www.the2448.com for more information about this killer podcast. And if you're coming to FDIC this year, join us in booth 13073, right by the entrance in the main hallway where National Fire Radio, yes, us, in conjunction with the 2448 podcast, will be teamed up for live shows throughout the duration of fdic it's going to be a killer week out in indy 
Join us at booth 13073 right in the main hallway where you come right into the convention center. We're going to be right there live broadcasting throughout the week. Come see us. Guys, thanks for checking it out. Check out the 2448 podcast. And now, without further ado, the daily episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the National Fire Radio podcast. Today is going to be a fun episode. This guy today, I think, I think, Aaron, you might hold the record for being on the podcast the most. I think, in five years. I think uh, who I have today, because he didn't chime in yet, Aaron Heller. We're going to get into his bio in one second. Aaron, thanks for joining me today, brother. Oh, man, thanks for having me again. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, right? So how many times? Three, four times now, probably? I I think this is three, and, you know, an interview at FDIC last year was awesome. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, man, I'm a big fan of homegrown guys. You're a New Jersey guy. I am a New Jersey guy, Um, and that matters to me. But it also, there's like a a long relationship that we've had, but we didn't have, right? So, like, we've known of each other for a very long time. We've had a lot of mutual friends along the way, but only really got to know you in the last, say, five years or so, maybe six, five, six years now. And, uh, and for that, I'm grateful. And, you know, I know you've been in the fire service for a few years and you got uh, a lot of connections, you know, a lot of people and you've traveled all over the world doing what you do um, and so on. But it's fun to, you know, develop my own relationships with guys, too. Um, You know, it's fun to know guys through people. But then when you get to, you know, meet them for yourself and and then get to develop a relationship and friendship uh, and a brotherhood with an individual, um, it's a lot of fun because it reinforces what everybody's always told you and and uh, and and what the relationship always looked like from the outside. So it's a lot of fun, man. I'm proud to call you a brother and a friend. Um, We've traveled together. We've taught together. We've uh, we've done the podcast several times together. uh, And you're a New Jersey guy. So it's just all the right for for the making here so brother thank you for joining me today man uh it's great to be back on with you and, and like you said man it, it's it's been years of of contact back and forth and then you know for these last five or six years just really getting to know each other has been very very cool really really and again i really appreciate it yeah man it's fun i mean listen this podcast is all about talking to guys and sharing and pushing the job forward and i think that uh yourself when you were on the job and now that you're retired we'll get into that a little bit but also with your company on scene trainings uh uh, associates, you know, you guys are, you have a, a cadre of incredible instructors that I've gotten to know. I've gotten to know the team pretty well. I've traveled with you guys on a few conferences now. I've worked with a lot of you um, and so on. I call a lot of your team, you know, friends of mine. And uh, and so for that, I'm grateful. Let's go through a couple things real quick. 39 years in the fire service, 32 years and eight months with the Hamilton Township, New Jersey Fire Department, retired as a deputy chief. Congratulations on retirement. That wasn't too long ago. No, December 1st. December 1st it was. So. And and how is that treating you? Uh, it's it's great. It's, I, I highly recommend it for everybody. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. I'm trying, man. I got I got a few more years to go here. Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. And, and, you know, the thing I'm seeing in retirement is I was terrified of it. Honestly, I was terrified of it when uh, – I started talking about it last summer and literally my wife said to me, you, you better go see a therapist now. Like you better start <laughs> because you and the fire department are synonymous yeah. and you're going to basically, she told me you're going to be a freaking train wreck. But, and, uh, but you're not, I'm not, I was terrified of it. And, yeah. uh, to the point where when I put my papers in, I actually booked a cruise for two days after I was to retire after my retirement date because I knew I was going to be out of vacation time and I knew I couldn't back out on pulling my papers. I love that. I, I love- did it. To, I painted myself in the corner on purpose because I wasn't sure that I could do it. Yeah. Um, and, and I haven't looked back. I'm really enjoying retirement. Um, the job, the job changed a lot. Uh, I'm, I'm proud of where we took them. I'm proud of a lot of the guys there. Uh, there's things that I wish I had the power to change, but I, didn't um and it was my time it was they all tell you one day you're gonna wake up and you're gonna know it's time to go and i never believed that i thought it was all bullshit and um it's true it's absolutely true i woke up one day down the shore we were at lbi you know a place you and i both hang out a lot one of my favorite places yeah and uh we were walking we were walking up to the beach and i'm thinking to myself i was starting to worry about what i had to do at work 
and I was still, I still had like five or six days of vacation left. Yeah. And I'm thinking to myself, why am I worrying about this? I'm in the most beautiful place. I, I you know, I, I've got all this going for me. Why am I freaking out over work right now? And um, was that and new that, for you? Had you ever experienced it, that before? I always worried about work. Okay. You know, I like if I was away on vacation, I, I remember going away on vacation when my kids were little and like, I wouldn't, you know, I, I never admitted it to anybody at the time, but I was like kind of counting down to when I could get back on a rig. Yeah. You know? Like I was missing it so bad, kind of jonesing for it so bad. Um, and this, this, that last year in Hamilton, we went through a lot of ups and downs, man. We went through consolidation. Yes. 2020 consolidated nine fire districts into one municipal fire department. Um, so I, th- I, I wouldn't call myself an expert by any means, but I certainly know now a lot of the pitfalls and a lot of the good things. Um, and it was a, it was a brutal last year was really tough. It was tough on us. Well, you're looking at a, a combination program and you're, you're taking not, you said nine different departments and making a township wide municipal department. There's no way in hell that's going to be an easy process. No. And, and I mean, four of us had to be demoted because we were the fire chief for districts, for right. fire districts. Right. So four of us, motions to deputy chief uh one only you can only have one fire chief and and he's he's just an absolutely fabulous guy who had his hands full and had his hands somewhat tied at the level uh things we could do at the district level it was easy and things we tried to do at the municipal level it just the bureaucracy was so tough to to navigate for all of us and and part of it was us not understanding what we were getting into sure um a lot of it was the township doesn't understand us. I don't think they still understand them. Um, so it's it's tough, man. It was really tough. But again, these guys are going to fires. They're busier than ever. They're doing a very good job, I think. I mean, they have their problems like everybody. But um, there's a lot of good dudes who are working really hard. And, and I'm proud that I was part of that. Yeah, well, I mean, that's that's it, right? But, you know, the the stress of the job towards the end, I mean, you know, it, it, it's really interesting. I had a conversation the other day with uh, Chief Brian uh, Nardelli out of uh, Brockton, Massachusetts. Yeah. And, I met him with you the last time. Yeah. I love that guy. Oh, my God. I, I couldn't get enough of him when we were in Maine. I forgot. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You were there. I, I couldn't. I couldn't. Passion. Yes. And I was like, this guy's this guy's a home run. I mean, he just fires everyone up. And his message uh, the other day on a podcast was very much. He's like, I know I'm not ready to go yet. And when I am ready to go, it's my job to go because the day that I'm there for myself and blah, 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 he goes, then I'm not I'm not paying it forward. And I think there's yeah. a lot to that. And for you to say, you know, that you realized you, you know, you realized it was time and you and you did. Um, you know, it is credit to you and who you are, right? I mean, you're looking at a, a new fire department, if you will, and it was time for you to say, okay, I did my part. It's time to go. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the pre- uh, the preparation to come become the new department. Yes. Um, I enjoyed getting to know other firemen from my own town who I knew the names, but I didn't truly know them. Yeah, that's cool because they didn't really work for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in the new department, they did. And so I really enjoyed that. I met some guys, I, you know, got to really know some guys who I did know guys are bad guys. And I have a very, very newfound respect, very strong newfound respect for some of those guys. Yeah. And I got to work with some guys who I thought were really good, and I realized they weren't exactly who I thought they were. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, the, for me – Life needs to be me. I want to be impactful on things. If I'm not making an impact, there's something wrong. Either I need to change what I'm doing or I I need to adjust. Sometimes you got to adjust the sales if you're not impactful. And I just felt that in Hamilton, I had done my, my duties and I just couldn't make the impact. I felt I could make in other ways. Yeah, it was like I say, it's just, it was just time. And, and I, that last year I was going to work. I wasn't going to my firehouse. If mm. that makes <clears throat> No, it makes plenty of sense. And, and I think that that's gotta be, I would think then the drive in every morning that was on your mind. It was, Yeah. it was, it was, it wasn't the excitement of, you know, we're going to do this, we're going to do this or that, you know, it was, 
shit, I got to go to work. I got to deal with this personnel thing or this scheduling thing. And I just, you know, just didn't excite me. And, yeah. uh, yeah. Well, and it was time. Yeah. Well, and, and kudos to you for recognizing that, right. Uh, too many managers, bosses, administrators, chiefs, they, they hang on way too long. And what that does is the sourness or their, their, uh, lack of drive, uh, starts to bring down the culture even further. And so, you know, we need leaders that, that are, are dialed in and ready to go. Not that you weren't, but the excitement wasn't there anymore for you. It changed. And, uh, and for you to recognize that and to realize, too, that, hey, you got other opportunities, brother. You can, you can effectively reach people in other ways, and it doesn't mean that you have to be wearing your bugles in the front seat of the car anymore. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, and uh yeah, I, I I still felt, and I still feel like I'm on my game as a chief. I know what I'm doing. Sure. I, I obviously I make mistakes like everyone, but I can still do that job, no problem. But it was it's this is cool, man, and and I I can do things with on scene that I I just didn't have the opportunity to do prior. And uh, of all things, I went back to volunteering in my local local town where I had been a volunteer chief back in the '90s. No shit, that's cool riding backwards man and i i prefer to ride backwards it's cool so let me ask you this riding backwards and then you got that young kid sitting across from you man i mean you can affect such a such a positive impact on a young kid's career even a, even anybody's career right with the with the experience you have and the knowledge you have your pedigree behind you i mean you know to to jump in the seat or to stretch a line with you would be a lot of fun i would think and i think you could bring a lot to the table for those kids sitting across from you I hope so, man. I really hope so. I, uh, I'm stoked to do it. I got the first call I got in the rig. I get in the back of the, of the ladder going to a fire alarm at the high school one night. And, um, the kid in the jump seat next to me, uh, when he graduated high school with my son, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I kind of looked over at him and said, Hey Brett, uh, what's my assignment, bro? <laughs> That's fantastic. He's like, and he's a, year old kid so oh, yeah hi mr heller uh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome yeah. that's yeah. funny well good for you man i mean you know it's nice to still have it you know it's nice to have the ability to still do that uh when you want to on the volunteer level but it should be said too i mean you you're neat you're neck deep i was gonna say knee deep you're neck deep in the fire service still i mean you know as the owner and operator of on scene uh on scene training it's a training company. You are, I think, one of the OG training companies. Been around for a long time. There's, there were three or four of you guys that have been doing this for a very long time. You all have very good mutual respect for one another. Um, and On Scene was a training company that's been around for quite a long time. How many years have you been doing On Scene now? Uh, the, the business incorporated in, in 04, yeah. but before the incorporation, I, I was doing it for a few years before, probably four years before we incorporated. So sure. we're... Yeah, we're coming up on, on, I think we're in our 20, officially, you know, 19, 20, yeah. something like that. But, uh, yeah, yeah, I think, you know, I think us and Traditions and PL and, uh, you know, maybe Brothers in Battle uh, of that, that I can think of off the top of my head, we've been doing this a long time. We've seen a lot of guys come and go, and, and sure, it's been great. Yeah, and so for you, though, that's keeping you active, too. And and so whether yeah. you're in the firehouse, you know, you're not in the firehouse uh, anymore except for the volunteers, but for you now, owning and operating a training company that uh, you have uh, guys within uh, guys and girls within your organization that are located all over the country. Um, you guys travel outside of the country as well as across the country. You guys do yeah. different conferences. You do your own conferences. You do your own lectures. And so on. give me a little background about how On Scene came to be. Why, where'd it come from? So it's, it was crazy. I was doing drills in our local area um, simply because I saw the need. And, and I, was, I wasn't even charging anybody, man. My, my ex-wife, she would piss, be so pissed at me. Oh, wow, you got paid in it. And that's great. Yeah. Um, and, uh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I get it, man. I totally get bro, it. <laughs> that's still the running joke to, to this day. That is still the running joke. We did the lift conference in, in Louisiana, uh, down in Baton Rouge, uh, back in February. And, uh, my son is on the job uh, about an hour from there in home of Louisiana. He came up to help us out, kind of be our helper. He, he had it made. He got to, he was Paul Combs's helper doing search class. Nice. So he got to learn next to Paul Combs, add a little bit of stuff that from down the bayou stuff that he knows. And then, uh, you know, he was the guy who had to carry the dummy up to the second floor all day long. I love it. At the end of the day, 
uh, he had gotten a text message from his mom about, you know, something. And she said something about, oh, I hope you get your T-shirt. So 20 years later, I'm glad she's not bitter still. <laughs> so, so, Jared, so I gave Jared a lift T-shirt and we took a picture together and sent it to her. That's fantastic. <laughs> I love that, man. I absolutely yeah. love that. But I mean, so, that kind of speaks to something, though, right? Like, you yeah. know, everybody says if you get in, tra- don't, you're not you're not going to have a training company if you want to get rich. Right. No. Right. No. The guys, are, the guys who are making big bank on a training company are are definitely doing it differently than I am. I can tell you that. And mm. uh, you know, I, you're going to make a little money if you do it right. Of a course, bit, it's a but business. You, but, Absolutely. But you're lottery. You're definitely not going to hit the lottery. You can make more money on a part time job because of the steadiness of it. I think than you'll ever make in in this. Um, um, you know, unless you're something different. But. Uh, um, it's never been about the money. It never will be about the money. I don't think it, it can. It could never be right because then that makes the priority skewed. I mean, that, that's not what the priority of that is all about. Right, right. now, and unless I tell our instructors, I mean, I got great guys from you know big cities to small towns, and it you know listen if you if you thought you were going to make up your overtime rate teaching a class on a weekend in you know in the middle of somewhere. It ain't going to happen. Take the overtime gig. I understand you got to pay for your family. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's not about that at all, but uh, yeah, that, that was the root of it. We started doing drills in the area for companies who needed some help. And I started working at ocean County fire Academy. They, they were only volunteer there. We never got paid. Um, And then I, I started teaching at Mercer County fire Academy where we were getting paid. And um, I saw the need and it just started kind of, expanding and that's when actually my ex-wife is an accountant and she said you better form a company because when you screw up again lots of faith in me she uh she says i don't want to lose the house when somebody sues us so you better start a company yeah and and uh so we did we formed the llc and and um that was the start of the actual on-scene training honestly but uh yeah yeah it was it was it was you know that was a cya at the time yeah now it is now it's it's you know, a much stronger business. Well, it's and it's it's grown and scaled over the years too. I mean, you're almost 20 years in now. You have a cadre that is, you know, you have a, a tremendous amount of people that work uh, on behalf of you and the company, as well as promoting themselves. And it's just, it's a, it's great because you have such a wide array of instructors too. The people that I've gotten to know, and you have guys with a lot of seniority like yourself, as well as some younger guys that can you can hit the different targets within the fire service. Yeah, that that was important to me. Like I, I watched a lot of these training companies come up and down, and uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm not giving away the keys to the castle. If they can't, if they can't see why we're successful, honestly, why guys, guys, you know, like PL are successful, and and these other companies that are that are doing good work and are successful, um, you know, there, it's the diversity in who you bring. It's simply the diversity in who you bring and the attitude in which you bring it. Um, and you can only fake attitude for so long. I've yeah. watched who, you know, came in very humble and they acted like they were going to be that humble, you know, educator and all that. And in the end, that's not who they were. And then they, they, they go backwards. They go, they become who they really are that, you know, the, the stripes come out of the tiger. You start to see it. Sure. But, but, um, the recipe that we've used and, and that I feel, you know, I, I, I talked to Mark Gregory quite a bit, you know, with PL and, and I, and, you know, and I've, I've talked to, to, um, uh, you know, guys from traditions and, and other companies, I think we've done it the same way for the most part, you know, and, uh, that's why we're long standing. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, well, let me, I, let me ask you, go ahead. Go ahead. What were you going to say? I just brought in two more younger guys in the last year actually three um steve barton from from uh, manchester new hampshire i mean he's not a kid but he's, he's got 20 some years on a job but the energy of a kid for sure and just pumps out tons of knowledge um and uh this guy named travis Degelski from out in redding california great engine guy i met him when i was teaching up there and kind of kept my eye on him and and eric hankins recommended him yeah yeah when a guy like Eric Hankins recommends you, that's saying a lot. Hell yeah, you know? absolutely. And then um, one of the kids from my department, Jeff Barlow, who I've watched since he was a 16 year old kid, he just gets it. And um, I said, we gotta give this kid a shot before somebody else grabs him. 
and he's done fantastic. Just, I, you know, kind of teamed him up with Pags. Yeah. And so he's friends with Maddie, and, and Maddie just delivers so much unbelievably great information. Um, and, and Jeff's got the right attitude. We just came back from Louisiana this week, and he was fantastic down there for his first time traveling, you know, long distance with us. So, I love it. Yeah, I'm no, so- that's that's important, right? It's finding that balance between young and 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 senior and putting it together, which gives a good delivery to the student. And so, I guess that's where we want to go with this because you know, you and I were chatting about, hey, what are we going to talk about today? And I I yeah. think the 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 way to segue into that's very easily is what we just set up and the fact that you know, in today's times, we need people that have some experience to be able to teach. Um, and you know, theory is theory's good experience better, I think. Um, and you and I were kind of talking about that a little bit and I'd love to go down that road with you a little, you, you've been doing this for quite a long time now. Um, you know, you, you have, uh, experience under your belt. You bring in people in your training company that share a lot of the same experiences you've had, or even round out, you know, your experience with their experience, right? Different things and so on. So you guys offer a lot of different um, you know, disciplines when it comes to training. And so why, why does experience matter? Like when we talk about the fire service and we talk about experience, why does that matter so much? Well, it, it's, it's, it's God, it's such, that is a deep well to dig. Mm-hmm. Right. So I wanted to I, take a sip of my coffee. So I figured I'd drop a real heavy question on you <laughs> and then let you go. Yeah, no worries. <laughs> so, I, I think it, it's it's two things. First off, you have to understand theory, and now we have science that is proving a lot of things. I mean, you look at the you look at the NIST and UL stuff. You look at the stuff Ray McCormick and and those guys have been presenting. Right, um, they're presenting fabulous theory, but they have backed it up because they have so much experience. Yeah. Right. So we knew that when you broke a window, you know, randomly broke a window at a job it was going to affect the fire. It was sure. going to know what flow path was, but we knew it was affecting the, the fire. I guarantee you that when a caveman had a fire in his cave and they pulled back, you know, the, the, the animal pelt that was hanging at the front of it, it moved the fire. It changed the dynamic of that fire. Right. That's right. So this has been known for thousands and thousands of years. However, we didn't have the, the quantifiable and qualified data to truly show us and tell us that. So now we've taken that theory and we've applied it with our, our street experience and we can fully say this is why, how, and what. And I think that's fabulous. But if all you're doing is teaching theory, you've never truly done it, it's very difficult for a student or an attendee of a program to sit back and buy into you because you know what they may have done it more than you and seen more than you and they can see right through your bullshit that you're telling somebody else's story and that becomes an issue it really does Uh, and i'm very cautious about that with on scene you will not see me teaching high-rise work i'll teach standpipe because i've done standpipe but the, you know, God, you know, we'd be remiss to not not say our prayers for the for the fellows in yeah. in, in Chicago yesterday. Yeah. Right, um, talked to a couple guys from there, and, and you know, high rise, wind driven fire. I can't teach that. I can't teach it. I didn't do it. I understand the principles of it. I I think I'm knowledgeable in it to the fact that I can have that conversation. If Richie Stack is talking to me about that fire, I understand what he's saying but I haven't been in that hallway when a window failed and the door was open. I don't have the right to teach that right. in my, my opinion. Right. But we have people in the fire service today that are still doing that and it's bad. It's just wrong. So with on scene, I will not have that. It'll never happen. You know, I teach it personally on my end. I rode an engine slash squad rig for most of my career. Right. My my truck work was going mutual aid, but it was off of a squad rig. You know, I've done truck work in uh, my volunteer department quite a bit, but I'm not the guy who should lead all the truck training. That's why there's a Matt Paglione. That's why there's a Dave Gallagher. 
You know, that's why there's a Dan Holly. Right. That, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Uh, so engine, you know, extrication, absolutely. You know, portable ladders, yeah, no problem. But I shouldn't be the guy teaching certain things that aren't in my lane. Well, you because... can't you can't know everything. And that's and no. that's like self-awareness matters. And I think what happens though is a lot of people get caught up in the fact that they they can do it and you know, yeah. and, and that's where we get into a dangerous spot where we have people teaching without the actual experience. I mean, you know, you can training is training is great and learning is good and sitting through conferences is great and hands on training is great and YouTube videos are great and all those things are really, really good. But man, is it different when you got to do it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. Know, yeah. So that Let's, matters. Yeah. Yeah. There's very few guys that can teach everything well i'll tell you there there are some uh with our group bart simpson is is an amazing instructor i have watched him teach 10 different topics because he's got 40 years in the fire service he's done them yeah you know and to me that i i love sitting back uh, just this last weekend in louisiana there are a couple things he was teaching and and i'm going i don't even know how he knows that so well but the only way you know it is by doing it. You you couldn't just bullshit your way through that, you know? Yep. But, and I, so I think that's, an, um, for anybody that's listening, especially the younger guys, that's a life lesson right there, man. It's not just stay in your lane, but master your lane. And then you can move on to the next kind of round of stuff. It, it's, it's really important. This episode's brought to you by Fast Rescue Solutions. Fast Rescue Solutions was created with the mission to develop products and training that surpass currently accepted industry standards and that meet the operational challenges of the real world. Their vision is, always has been, and always will be to revolutionize rescue and save lives. Fulfilling both the mission and the vision, the Fastboard is a disruptive technology in rescue. Invented by 28-year Philadelphia firefighter Eric Allen, with over 20 years in the Philadelphia Fire Department Special Operations Command. He is a game changer. His crew is game changing victim in firefighter rescue and survival. The national average time for rescuing a downed firefighter is 15 to 20 minutes using five or more people. The fast board has the ability to reduce that time to five minutes or less using only two or three members. That is 500 times faster than the national average. Originally designed to get down firefighters out of a basement, the fast board has been proven effective in nearly every rescue scenario. RIT can find space, trench, ice, and water rescue, hazmat, mass casualty, and the list goes on and on. Its simplicity and versatility make it a game changer. For a virtual demo or more information, visit their website at www.fastrescuesolutions.com and tell the crew you heard about them on the National Fire Radio channel. Eric and his crew at Fast Rescue Solutions have become dear friends of ours, and we appreciate the support. Check them out. I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think part of the problem, though, is today is everybody lacks patience and <clears throat> nobody understands that this is a long game, right? It's chess, not checkers. And and yeah. when everybody wants to be an expert today, everybody wants to be good at it today, when in fact it takes a very long time. This is a career, whether volunteer or career fire service, this is a career, meaning it's a lifelong endeavor. And even you at 39 years in the fire service, you're still learning. You're still making and getting better, even at things that you teach you're still picking up little nuggets here or there from other people's influence or conversations or experiences. And so it's a career and it, and it's a lifelong journey to really become good at something. And yep. I, I think we need to sing that louder and harder and let people know that it's okay that you don't know everything. And it's okay that you make a mistake on the fire ground because you're still freaking learning, man. It's a, it's a learning process. Yeah, I, I really believe that as well. I really do. I, uh, you know, listen again, like you said, I, I got a long time in the fire service. I still go to classes, not just because I need the cert, you know, but because I, I got to learn the stuff if I'm going to keep riding and, and keep teaching. So, you know, I, I at the full thing up, up in Maine, you know, sat in that class for what, 12 hours. I think we did classroom yeah. on a Saturday and took pages of notes because, 
you got to be a lifelong learner in this. You got to be a reader. You got to be a lifelong learner. It's it's the only way. All right. So let me ask you. I got to break this down then real quick because I'm not a note taker, right? I take yeah. notes during a podcast because I got to go back and you know plug things into the narrative and so on. So I t- or I make like talking points so I know where I want to take the conversation. So I do the only notes I take in life are for the podcast. <laughs> I I sit in all these classes. I never take notes. And then I'm like, I'm thinking about like all the guys that I'm friends with and names in the fire service and guys, and they're sitting there with a notebook and I go, holy shit. I'm like, do these guys actually go back and read the notes? So full candidness, do you go back and read your notes after a conference? I do now. I do now. Okay. I, I didn't for years. I wasn't a good note taker for years. Yeah. I would scribble a couple notes here and there and I never went back. And honestly, I can look in my bookshelf of all these different things that I've put together and I've probably looked back at them a couple times in, in the last 10 years, but now um, I'm more cognizant of it. And, and I probably, my memory's probably not as good as it once was uh, because I'm doing so damn much. I can't remember everything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to blame it on old. Cause I haven't, you know, I haven't got to that point yet. No, not but, yet. Not yet. But, um, but I do now. And, and you know what, honestly, some of the other guys motivated me to do that. Like I, I've sat in classes and here's some of the legends of the game. Yes. I mean, that's my point. When, when Bill Gustin sits in the front row and is still taking notes with like 40 some years in the fire service down in Miami and is, is one of the most prolific instructors you'll meet in your career. And he's taking note after note or, you know, Mike Dugan is still doing it. And, you know, I watch some of my young guys that, that are doing it and I'm going, son of a bitch, I probably should be doing that too. And so I've only started doing that in the last couple of years, honestly, I, before you bring up so many good, like that is exactly how I feel when I sit in these classes and I'm looking around going, man, people are taking notes and I'm yeah. not, I'm not taking any notes. Am I, am I doing this wrong? Like it, are these guys really going back and re, like, am I just, do I like, and then you start to think like, do I not care? Like, am I yeah. not dialed in like these guys are? And then I'm like, wait a minute. No bullshit. I'm not a reader. Like I, I don't have to, I do audiobooks. I do podcasts. Like that's how I learn. That's how I get my information. I can't sit and read. I'm not a big reader. Right. And then I'm yeah. like, I would never go back and read notes, but I, I do listen and I absorb it, right? And I might miss every little point of, of the conversation, but I get the the gist of it, right? And that's how I learn. But yeah, man, there's this like informal peer pressure I feel every time I'm sitting there and guys are writing in their notebooks and I'm like, shit, I would just be drawing pictures and like doodling. You know what I mean? I, I think I, I I think everybody has a different way they learn and absorb. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, you know, but uh yeah, I am doing a lot more of it now. Definitely a lot more of it now. That's but. cool. I, I think there's I think there's tremendous merit to it. I think the one thing I wish I did from day one was keep a journal. I love, man, the first time I was exposed to that was years ago in Texas. And I watched these probies at a conference after they did something, like at lunchtime, they sat down in the corner and they wrote in a notebook. And I was I like, I was like, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, we, we keep journals. Like our probate class made us keep journals and they said to keep a journal throughout our career. And so we write down things that we learn or people we meet. And I'm like, holy shit. I go, I, yeah. if, if I kept track of the last 28 years, I, I would be, it would be amazing. You know what I mean? The experiences, the knowledge, the fires, the calls, the tragedy, the happiness, all of it. I, I and anyone listening to this podcast, man, if it start to de- like I started at least keeping a journal on fires in the last like three years. So I yeah. have I've made like, uh, you know, I'll write a paragraph or two or something just, you know, and it's on my desktop, my computer. And so I can just click on it while I'm sitting on my computer and I can just make a couple notes or whatever. But at least I'm starting to do that. But, man, I can't I can't stress that enough. Keep record of it, your career, man. It matters. Yeah. 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 I wish I had done it, man. And, and- uh huh. I, I told my son the same thing. I'm like, dude, after every run, just write down a little something, you know, after a drill, you know, whatever it is, write down a little something and journal it. Because when you get older, when you get to our ages, you know, God willing, you'll be able to go back and you'll laugh or you'll cry. Yeah. But you'll, but you'll, you'll have memories that, you know, the guys today are going to have greater memory than we do too, because everybody's taking pictures of everything. That's right. 
and I and I do I see some of these guys with their posts take the damn pictures. I agree with that. You know, buddy shots. I know guys joke about it being buffs and you know whackers stuff. It's it's important stuff. Just don't do it in front of somebody's burned out house. Uh, you know, do it in front of your rig. You know, do it do it. You know, in a in a classier way. Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. But uh, but do it because it really does down the road, man. It's going to mean something. Like I I looked back when I was retiring, and I started looking for old stuff from when I came on the job. And, you know, back then we didn't have digital pictures. We didn't have digital cameras. We didn't have phone cameras, anything like that. So unless you got it and had it, you know, developed, you didn't have it. And there's just not enough. So, you know, the memories are, are you're going to want them. You're going to want them. I couldn't agree with you more. And in fact, you think back to the earlier days and the guys that we've lost and the friends that we've lost along this journey. And then, you know, we look back and we might have one photo. You know, and and meanwhile, we shared hundreds and thousands of laughs and tears and, you know, and yeah, and I just it's so important. But you're right, though. You make a very good point today. More than ever, guys are documenting their journey along along their way. And, you know, it's got to be done tastefully, obviously. But, you know, in in regards to that, though, it's a, a great living testament to what what we're doing. And I I think that that's important as well, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And to me, now that I'm older and I've got kids that are, you know, in their 20s. I hope that someday they can look back on all the pictures of me enjoying and loving what I did. That's right. And uh, I never would have thought of that when I was their age or, you know, even in my thirties, I probably wouldn't have thought of that. But, um, you know, now as, as you, especially when I got close to retirement, you know, you get a lot more melancholy about things. Yeah. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Let me start looking at things. Yeah. Let me ask you this. So you brought up Jared you brought up your son, uh, following his dad's footsteps. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I I think he'll be smarter than his dad. I hope. <laughs> I hope. At first, I thought he'd be smarter than his dad. Not. Not. Be a yeah. Guy. There it is. Yeah, I was waiting for that. But, yeah, but um, no, I'm, I'm very proud of him. He's uh, he's working hard and doing it his way. That's great. Not, not his father's way. And uh, I haven't. I, you know, it's it's a touchy subject in a way. Yeah, I get it. Uh, because he became a fireman in spite of me, I think. Yeah. Uh, he had never shown interest in the job. You know, he didn't want to hang at the firehouse. He wasn't going out on training with me. You know, um, you know, when guys were in town, he'd go to dinner with Steve Gillespie and, you know, champ and, and, you know, big name guys that I was friends with and not because they're big name guys, but just because of that's who we are. And that's the circle we ran in. So he got to know them and, um, so he did get to see the brotherhood and, and the love for your, your brothers that we have. But um, out of the blue, he decided he was going to, you know, college was over. He was done playing baseball and uh, it was time to get, get serious. And that's what he did. And he took some tests and now he is down in uh, home of Louisiana. Yeah. With, I, I saw his crew the other day. We were down that way teaching, saw his captain and, and his chauffeur and, and uh, he's got a captain who's driving his ass, which is good. <laughs> and uh, who, who, you know, the kind of guy I, I think I'd want to work for. Nice. Uh, and he's, he's, he's carving his own path and where he ends up, he ends up, but I'm very proud of him. And uh, um, he, he's done it. You know, like I said, dad didn't get him anything. In fact, I feel guilty that I gave him zero training. So a guy with my background, and I gave him zero training. Yeah, like, but I didn't. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Was going to do it, so I, you know, I just didn't do it. Yeah, but I think what you did give him though was the keys to how to do it. Maybe, maybe you didn't teach him how to physically force that door. Maybe he, you know, but he tagged along at dinners and he saw the camaraderie and the friendships and the brotherhood you made and and the dedication you have to the fire service and what the fire service has done for you in your life. And, and, you know, and what it has done and hasn't done. Right. And like, he's learned, he's learned from you. And I think what's really important and you bring up a very good point because like my kids want nothing to do with the fire service. And also my daughter who's 15 says to me like, yeah, I think I might join, you know, the volunteers uh, as a junior. And I said, Whoa, I'm like, okay. And now it's like, I have this whole other mindset about like, what's this going to look like? Right. Cause I, they, they know how important the fire service is to me. They know it is my life. Um, yeah. but I have never explained to her 
like the details of the actual operations of firefighting or <laughs> the tactics and strategies and the science and the theory and the experience right. and, and all of that. And so now it kind of changes my mindset a little bit, but I also think too that you're not an easy guy to walk in your shadow or fill your shoes. Just like I won't be either for my daughter. If she decides to go down that path, see the mm-hmm. problem, the problem is with guys like us, we're, we kind of have a, a, a strut about us in what we do. And you run a training company. You've been a fireman for 40 years. You know, you're, you're known nationally. You speak nationally. Like, that's a very hard place for the next generation to follow. And, yeah. um, and so I recognize that for my daughter. So if she wants to do this, I, you know, I hope that I gave her the ability to understand how good it can be. Um, but yeah. she certainly has to find her own way. And, and, you know, and that's, that's going to be hard for her, I bet. Yeah. 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 And it, it is, and, and, you know, you don't want to blow your own horn, but we're well known and, and we've done some cool things and, and made some great friends and contacts. Sure. And we've been around. So yeah, the name can be, a, a it can be a springboard or, or listen, I'm sure I have pissed off plenty of people where the name could be a hindrance. Same. And, and um, yeah. So I, I, he, the cool thing about him, one of the cool things and, and something that I admire very much is he had a major, I wouldn't say failure because he learned from it, but he went through a hard life lesson in another fire department before he landed where he's at. Yeah. And, and it didn't go well for him. And, you know, it was a combination of, I think, wrong guy, wrong place, wrong way of doing things, whatever it was. I think everybody had a hand in it. And I felt terribly guilty that I hadn't trained him a little better because I think he probably could have overcome some of it. Um, but to his credit, I I said to him, all right, you've got a couple of days to be angry, pissed off, you know, disappointed, whatever. But after those couple of days, either you, you've got to figure out what you're going to do, whether it's the fire service or some other job or what, I don't care if you want to be a bartender, you want to do this, you want to do that, but you're going to have to figure things out. And this is a life lesson. And he took it and he did the right thing. And he has not just recovered, but I think flourished from it. And um, not everybody does that. So resiliency, you know, I'm, I'm very, man, that's what this job's all about. Right. And, and it, he, the other thing is, he has a tremendous support group with the on-scene instructors yeah. that you know, we didn't have that when we were kids. These no. guys, you know, guys like, no kidding, guys like Richie Stack or old Mike Clark and, and so, you know, Chris Losey and Jenny Grimma and Bart, you know, he, he talked to Champ. They, they're all talking to him. How can you go better than that, you know? Exactly. So, uh, and, I'm, and I'm blessed. I'm proud of both my kids. My daughter is in college. Um, She's, she's working really hard. She's, you know, doing a part-time job coaching kids soccer and, uh, and she overcame some stuff herself and um, she's doing great D- dating a, a good dude. And who's a fireman to my chagrin. Which <laughs> I cannot believe that both her mother and man, I, they're messing with you, man. That's all I'm going to say. I know. Like, and, and I'm sure her mother said, God, whatever you do, don't date a fireman. Yeah, right? That's funny. What happened with me. But, um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm really proud of, of her as well. And she's, she's, she's busting her ass doing That's things. Huge. I-, I mean, you talk about challenges and adversity, but we all face it and it's how we come through it. Right. Is really what yeah. matters. And, you know, yeah. and, and a lot of it is finding our way. I mean, as yeah. a parent, we're, we're so protective of our kids, but we have to let our kids fall down too. And then we have to be there to help get them back up and, and get yeah. them back on the right path. And, you know, and yeah. that's hugely important. So I appreciate you sharing that. I, you know, but I, I got to think it's a proud for you to have your son follow, you know, in your footsteps, but finding his own way. And I think that that matters. And, uh, and for that, he's going to create his own legacy. It's not his dad's legacy. It's his own legacy. And, and in the fire service, that's super important. Yeah. And I think he's got a clear vision of it. I think both my kids have clear visions of that. So I'm, I'm proud of that. And, and listen, I got a, I got a stepson. I got remarried this past year, yeah. last year. Um, to, to just a fantastic person and uh god gave me a second chance at life in a way you know cool. and um uh, and she's just awesome understands it comes from a firefighting family her brother's retired from uh, prince george's county was was a badass down there for sure 
Um, just had lunch or dinner with him last night and we were talking fire and, and I've got a stepson now, which is weird. I never thought I'd have that, but same thing, man, the kid resilient, you know, went through college through COVID, did all that, got himself a good job. He's out in, out in LA. And, uh, so now it's, 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 it's fun to see this all, you know, we're blessed. I mean, we are, we got, we you got to look at that, right? I mean, as, as much as there's the, the downs and the lows, there's also a lot of highs and, Life's funny that way, man, and uh, I'm grateful for the path that I've been on and, you know, the ups and downs that I deal with, and those downs have made me better for the ups, and uh, and that stuff truly matters. So let's uh, let's pivot a little bit. Let's talk about on scene a little bit more. What do you have going on? Sure. What, what are you guys up to? Um, anything exciting, challenging? What do you see coming up? Yeah, we've, we've got a lot of cool stuff coming up. Um, in fact, we, we just uh, – we – we literally just got word from Volvo that we're going to be doing more work with them. Uh, so for years, again, prior to the pandemic, uh, we were, we were very fortunate. We have a great relationship. Carl Haddon kind of fostered that relationship. Um, and I, I was fortunate that he shared it with me. Um, so we're doing stuff with Volvo again. We'll be doing stuff with them actually this month. Uh, he'll be in Somerville, South Carolina. I'll be up in Mawa. So don't, don't let me forget. We got to talk about that. When yes, we get sir. Off. <laughs> um, so we're doing that. Um, actually, another major manufacturer called us yesterday and, and jumped in and wants to provide us with vehicles and wants us to do some things uh, with them. So, so our extrication and EV training is, is going up a notch or two. Uh, it's very, it's kind of funny. There's a lot of guys, you know, jumping on the EV train now and LI battery stuff and all that. Carl's been at the, at the forefront of this for the last five years, Yeah, you know, before it was cool. And he was telling people at FDIC, Hey, this is coming. And guys were like, yeah, right. I don't see it. Well, now every, every training company around wants to get on that train. 100%. Uh, and, and, and I'm not against that, man. We got to get the information out. But uh, so we're doing that. We've, we've, we're continuing our relationship with so many departments that we've worked with over the years and it's just ramping up. Um, we will at some point announce another conference that we're going to do a small, you know, a small weekend conference. Um, I'm not here to compete with the big boys at all. We, we just do our thing. Um, but we are going to do that probably down South. Uh, I'd like to do another one up North, but um, we'll see what opportunities present. We're, we're talking to some people and um, we're doing some more international work. We, uh, we actually just talked to some folks. So, the South Pacific and Asia and, and some other markets there that they've called us and asked us to be part of it. So I'm sure we'll be involved in that again. We, we were very fortunate to go to Asia and the South Pacific many, many times over the years. And I, I did see a few photos from, uh, I think your last class down there and it looked brutally painful to be teaching down there. I have to be yeah, honest with you. It's, rough. it's a rough gig. I'm not going to lie, <sighs> man. If you need I, I, help down there, you let me know. I mean, I'd be absolutely. more than happy to carry your bags for you. Oh, that's it. That's an open invitation for you. <laughs> Uh, you know, we want to document that stuff. I do it, love, man. Talk to me a little bit about that. I love the American Fire Service influence on yes. some of these island nations. It's pretty wild. It's it's great, and I will tell you this, man. They have heart. They have heart. Yes. They don't they don't have the money we have? They don't have the resources we have, and they don't catch the work we catch, obviously, because of the just smaller population. Sure. You know, we go to American Samoa which is a U.S. territory, so obviously they're getting U.S. funds, but not a lot of them, not nearly the kind of money that, you know, my fire department would get. And uh, they just, they're hungry for it. We've been to uh, Saipan, which is Commonwealth, Mar you know, uh, Marianas, basically. Uh, and same thing, out in the South Pacific, kind of middle of nowhere, if you look at a blip on a map. Uh, very, very important place during during the wars. Sure. And, and God knows with what's ramping up in Asia right now, how important these places are. Um, it, it's scary, but they have a passion. They want to learn things and they, they love what we do. Um, the Saipan guys were here about a year ago. I met them. Uh, yeah. And, and just awesome dudes, man. Awesome dudes came over, did some, did some stuff with us, did some live burns with us, um, learned about facilities because they're in the process of building some facilities so um, we've been blessed to consult with them. We've been blessed to consult with uh, a good friend of ours up your way, um, a guy named John Hansen, who mm -hmm. runs a company 
Imtech. So we've done a lot with him. And that's kind of, it all paired together and brought us to the islands. And uh, you know what, what I tell everybody, everybody's, oh, it's beautiful. You got it made when you're there. It is beautiful. It is amazing to be able to look at that landscape and do training and look out and see those mountains or see that ocean and that perfect blue, uh, you know, and, and the, the marine life and all that. But I ain't gonna lie, it can be a grind because you're working at times under brutal heat and humidity. Um, they're long days because you have to get as much work in as you can in a short period of time normally right. because the cost of being there and the travel costs are brutal. I mean, airfare now to American Samoa is anywhere from three to $5,000, Wow, you know, from the East coast. So, so you got to pack in as much work as you possibly can to give them the most bang for their buck. And uh, so the work does add up on you and, and, you know, you're not home, you're, you're, you're in a different land, eating different food and all that, but learning their culture, that's a big deal, you know, cause the cultural differences between us and them are ginormous. Yeah. And um, not any group could just go in there. You go in there with the wrong attitude and, and you might as well get back on the plane. Right. Oh, we've been very blessed. We've had that relationship there for about 15 years and um it's it's been a blessing and and just tremendous memories great people and i i really do believe we are, we are making an impact in what they do that's cool yeah. yeah yeah so let me ask you this then what's the impact for you i mean you got 40 years in the fire service you get to travel all over the country your son is now a firefighter you've you've trained and worked with some of the biggest and best You've, uh, you know, you've been in the trenches, you, you've been a chief. I mean, you really have done a tremendous amount within the fire service over your career. What has the fire service done for you? Like what interactions being able to travel like that, learn different cultures, meet different people. I mean, all of it. I mean, if, have you ever sat back and, and did that 30,000 foot view of what your career and what the span of the last 40 years in the fire service has looked like for you? Have you ever have you ever taken a moment? Probably in this last year, mm. I've taken moments than I ever took. Yeah, uh, because I, you know, I like I said, I feared retirement. Um, I, you know, my personal life there for a while was a disaster, um, and and self inflicted disaster. All right, listen, man, I get it. Everybody, listen, that's that's a common theme, man. You're not alone on that. For yeah. Sure. And now, to be honest, I am I'm I'm in the catbird seat, and and my life is good. I, I can't great. can't complain at all. I've got a lot of blessings in it. But um, yeah, I look back on it and I go, how the hell did you know that happen? I, I'm a Buffett song man. Nobody from nowhere. <laughs> and uh, wow, how did all that come about? Right. Uh, and I, I just think everybody's got a different recipe for success sure. and, and for longevity. Um, my recipe is, is different than others. I, I think that there was a time I didn't know when to shut my mouth. Right. And, and my old man let me know that quite a bit uh, forcefully. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. And um, literally just had this conversation with my son this morning because he had his job review yesterday so he was telling me where he placed on things and what his captain told him about so it made me think back on my stuff sure uh, and uh i i there are days man i've sat on beaches i sat on a beach in hawaii you know in february shane shane furuta from 50th state fools invited me out to teach for him and uh it was it was fantastic and i sat on the beach with my wife and said you know who's got it better than me right now yeah you know and um carl and i've had these same conversations you know usually it involves a beach and a drink uh, but okay. wow yeah. how the hell did we get here and, and bart and i have had these same conversations and i i think it's just you know the luckier you know everybody says oh man you're so lucky I do believe that luck plays into everything. Fate plays into things. Um, you know, I'm not the most religious person, but I do believe that, you know, you do good and good can come back. Um, but I just think that it's, you know, it's, it's hard to be, to find the words for it, but. Um, well, let me throw this at you. I think yeah. you've mentioned the word luck. I think you create your own luck. 
And I, I think, and I think with that, that means that when you go through life and like I said, there's plenty of ups and downs and you've had them in your career and in your personal life, we all have, right? The thing yeah. is though, is that what do you do with that? And ultimately, if you do the right thing, doing the right thing is always doing the right thing. And I think when you put the job first and you understand the, the importance of that job and your willingness to try to push that job forward and make it more important than you, I think you're creating your own luck that after 40 years in the fire service, you have the ability to look back and really highlight the highs and realize that, yeah, man, hasn't been so bad. But yeah. It's, listen, the harder you, they, it's fact, the harder you work, the luckier you get. That's right. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> the harder you train, the luckier you are at fires, you know, maybe you get lo- less close calls because you've, you've worked so goddamn hard in training, right? You know, it, it's, it's better to sweat in training than, than bleed in battle. Right. That's right. So, so I, I think you're absolutely right. But uh, you surround yourself with good people. Yeah. You know, I know like, like uh, Eric Allen talks about, you know, surrounding himself with a great tribe. That's right. And uh, I have a ton of respect for that guy. And, and I agree. You surround yourself with a good tribe. And I've had fabulous influences in my life. I didn't always listen to them, mm. which you know, now I look back and go, wow, if they were right, I was wrong. I'm right so, there with you all day yeah. long, man. I, I yeah. wish, I wish I let a lot of what was around me absorb into me. But man, when I was younger, I knew everything. And, yeah. uh, and I am a different guy today than I was yesterday, let alone five, 10, 20 years ago. And, uh, um, but I think that's all part of our story and, you yeah. know, and that's, that's part of it. So, you know, you can't look back and dwell on it, but you can recognize it and say, I could do better. Yeah, my, my mom's old saying, and I think it comes from my grandmom in Yiddish probably, was you can't put an old head on young shoulders. <laughs> I like that. It's That's, true. Yeah. True. It's yeah. very true. You can't, so. put a, what, you can't put an old head on young shoulders? Yeah, yeah. That's a classic quote. Hold on, I'm writing it down. <laughs> young shoulders. Cool. I love that. That's a good one. That might be the title of this whole freaking uh, podcast, man. <laughs> That's pretty good. I like that. But I mean, yeah. what a what a great conversation. I will say this, man. I'm excited to see where you're headed and what you got going on. Um, you know, you are one of the guys that I enjoy talking to and just kind of getting a pulse of what's happening out there. I know you're very much involved in, you know, on the national stage of understanding what's going on and and the fire service. And I, I think that's important. We all need people like that in our lives that are really in touch with what's happening out there. Um, and, you know, you certainly um, are one of those people in my life. And I just appreciate your friendship and your brotherhood. Um, and I'm very happy for you that retirement is settled in. You get to enjoy the beach life a little bit more. And um, and you get to push on scene further now. And you get to bring new talent along with you, um, you know, whether it's your current instructor staff or bringing on a few new people, like you mentioned before, that's your influence. Now you're not, you might not be in the firehouse today, but you're certainly out in the fire grounds and you're bringing, you know, new people with you. Um, and that's really how you're going to affect change and continue the legacy brother. So well done chief. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. I really do. And, and it is, it's, it's the trail we're going to leave and, and the, the fire service is in good hands, bro. It is. Hell yeah. You know, I hear about the new generation, this, the new generation, that that's all bullshit, man. We were the new generation. We were shitty once. That's right. Some guys are still shitty, but this group, these guys, they're going to do fine. The fire service is going to do fine. And now they've got more outlets, more ways to do it. Uh, And I'm proud of it, man. I'm proud to see these guys. I, I can't wait to see what my kids generation does. And, you know, I'll be the old guy, hopefully sitting on a beach somewhere, you know, and, watching what they do. So we're, we're laying out the, the crumbs of the trail, so to speak, and they're going to pick it all up and, and they're going to lay a whole new foundation. So it's, it's a great thing. It's, it's, it really is. I'm right there with you. I couldn't agree with you more. And, and that's really the intent of what we're trying to do here. And it's just pushing it forward and, and, you know, leaving it better than we found it. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, man. This next generation has tremendous potential in front of them, and I've seen it just in the last few weeks alone at conferences I've been at. We're in really good hands, man. We're in really yep. good hands. And if you think we're not or you're one of those guys out there promoting the bad of the job, well, then you're the problem. Get out of the way and let the good ones handle it. That's yep. it. It's that simple. 
So yep, it really is. Chief, thank you. Aaron Heller, thank you for joining me today, man. An hour goes quick. I appreciate your friendship and uh, and your brotherhood and uh, great conversation today. Thank you. Oh, man, thanks thanks for having me on at any time. And anybody can always reach out if I can do anything for yeah, them. Yeah, where, where can they find you? Uh, you know, on scene training has, uh, an Instagram and Facebook and a Twitter. I don't, I don't get on Twitter as much, but on Instagram and Facebook for sure. Cool. Uh, I'll give you my cell number, you know, it's no problem. 609-743-0166. Um, and on scene training does have a website that's okay. We're we're upgrading that. Uh, but the email on that website's acting up. So hit my regular email. Uh, I'll give you that too. It's AJH. 3901 at hotmail.com and i know i'm old i still have a hotmail account <laughs> i wasn't gonna say anything at least it's not an aol account hey, i still have an friends. aol account just for the record <laughs> but that's my that's my junk shopping email that all the crap goes to yeah yeah, yeah. so what's up um and, and and anybody that if i can give you advice or or maybe it's not good i don't know but i'll give you what advice i can and if you're looking for different training i will not offer you training that i don't feel we can deliver properly and that's uh you know that's that's very important to me is to maintain that integrity so uh couldn't agree with you more very sound advice there and uh it's a good way to look at it and uh thank you brother i appreciate you joining me today hang right here i'm just gonna sign off the podcast i'll get right back to you chief all right brother thanks for having me yeah anytime man anytime Guys, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the National Fire Radio Podcast. Retired Deputy Chief Aaron Heller out of Hamilton Township, New Jersey. 32, almost 33 years on the line. Almost 40 years total in the fire service. The owner and operator of On Scene Training. Check him out on social media. He left you his phone number and email as well. If you have any questions or interest, reach out to him. He's got an incredible instructor staff, and they're doing really great things across the country, pushing this job forward on the training. So thank you, Chief, for joining me. Everyone, thanks for tuning in. And do me a favor, take this conversation, take it back to the firehouse and talk about it, because when we talk about the job, we are making the job better. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you at the next one. Jeremy, National Fire Radio. National Fire Radio.